Anthology presents Professor Challenger at the Precipice of Oblivion by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury Jones, based on characters created by Arthur Conan Doyle. Part 2 The Forest and the Furious. Well, listeners, what a surprising turn of events. Who would have thought that, finding myself down and out with a hefty bill to pay at my club, a little jaunt up to Scotland for a bit of freelance work would turn into such an emotionally challenging weekend? It turned out that not only was my driver to the distant locker centre completely hairless Professor Challenger, but a seance I attended also led us to receiving a warning from the ghost of Edward Malone. It was shocking. Good Lord Challenger, you've knocked Lady Milieu out. Indeed. She'll be out for an hour at least. That should give us enough time to get down into the dungeons and find out where von Heinrich's secret base is. I'm sorry, who? Heinrich von Heinrich. He is an utter, utter bastard. I see. Challenger. It is lovely to see you too, Peregrine. But we don't have time to stand around talking. Yes, quite. Come, to action. Propping Lady Milieu up in her chair, he led me back to the corridors of the castle and to the staircase that led to the dungeons, the very place that he had pointed out earlier. As we reached the bottom of the staircase, he handed me a torch and began to try each of the keys on an enormous chain. Right. This might take a moment. There are hundreds of the bloody things. Right. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Challenger, can I ask you a question? Yes. Not that one. Where is all your hair? A fascinating story, Peregrine. But I imagine we don't have time. Well, for once, I don't see why not. You may recall, Peregrine, that after we returned from Antarctica, I took a bit of a sabbatical, hoping that not having an adventure to distract me would aid me in my quest for a kangaroo. Did you- Don't interrupt! I went back to Australia and was on the trail of a beautiful Western Grey when I was approached by an agent of Her Majesty's Secret Service. Good afternoon, Professor. My name is Caruthers. Peregrine Caruthers. He said, charmed, I'm sure. How charming. Professor Challenger, as you are the most incredible man in the entire world, and as well as being extremely handsome and good with women, you are well endowed. We have a mission for you from the Queen herself. I see. That is a very nice thing of you to say. I am far too modest to agree with you, but you are correct. Yes, I am correct. You are very wonderful indeed. Come, we must repair to London at once. We repair to London at once, and Caruthers took me to a secret laboratory deep beneath the Tower of London. Gentlemen, welcome to the secret laboratory beneath the Tower of London. This is Professor Challenger, and he is the best. Challenger, here are two scientists whose names I don't care to remember, and this is the snivelling, villainous, utter, utter bastard Heinrich von Heimlich, who at the moment is pretending to be Henry Choker. Charmed, I'm sure. How charming. Some tea, Challenger? Yes. I suspect right away that you will be the villain, and I'm not taken in by how nice you are at all. Challenger. I just mention? No, we had been set to work on a secret device. Circumstances on the continent had been rapidly changing, 
and the government was determined to make sure that should the foul winds of war blow on our fine nation once again, we would be prepared this time. At last, the disintegration machine is complete. Yes, it is a rather wonderful design of mine, isn't it, Choker? And the other two scientists? Yes, you designed it yourself because you are the finest human in all the land. Well, I'm far too modest to agree with you, Challenger, but... can you get on with it? I have to listen to your purple prose, so it's only fair that you listen to mine. I supposed he was right. I suppose you're right, but an abridged version might be better. You said yourself we had no time to lose. Oh, you were listening to me, were you? Seems that you're still suffering from selective deafness, Perry. Please, do go on. He did. I did. That villain, Choker, decided that we needed to test the machine. We need to test the machine. You're mad. We're not testing it on anyone. Oh, Professor Challenger. I know exactly who to test the machine on. Get inside. Never! He and the other two scientists, whose names I don't recall, held me at gunpoint, forcing me into the machine. You buggers! You'll never get away with this! Goodbye, Professor Challenger. I will be taking these plans with me back to Germany, where my government can use them to build our own disintegration guns! Germany? So your real name is... Heinrich von Heimlich! How are you so good at that fake accent? My ex-girlfriend, Lady Milieu, taught me proper English. I miss her terribly. And write to her often with stamped addressed envelopes so that she can reply back to me at my secret base in the mountains of Bavaria. That's fortuitous. Indeed! He pressed a button, and the machine were to life. I was consumed by a bright white light. When I came round, they were gone. Von Heimlich's design of the machine had been his downfall. He was so rubbish at building the machine... Oh, you said you... Be quiet, Peregrine. His design was so rubbish that instead of disintegrating me, he only managed to disintegrate all of my hair. Alas, he had stolen the plans for the machine and escaped with them, so I was unable to reverse the effects, rendering me... hairless. Gosh, how awful. Yes. I managed to escape the Tower of London unseen, making sure that von Heimlich and his cronies thought I was dead. I sought out Lady Milieu in the hopes of seducing her so that she would tell me where her ex-boyfriend lived, so that I could beat him up, or at least give me a chance to find the stamped addressed envelopes. Alas, my appearance was so shocking to her that seduction was off the menu. On the menu, however, was employment as her butler. I've spent the last year in her service, waiting for the opportunity to bring you in. And I'll tell you, engineering the ghost of Seamus Seagrove III was no mean feat. I have been eating a lot of curry. Sounds like quite the ordeal. Yes, and you've let me down again. You couldn't even seduce that strange-looking old lady. I'm very disappointed in you. Sorry. Anyway, you're here now. And together we will track down von Heimlich, locate his secret base, and get my hair back. Brilliant. At that moment, he found the key that fit the dungeon lock and opened the gate. Come on, then. Into the dungeons of the castle. Brilliant. We descended, as we tended to do, into the inky blackness of the dungeon, winding our way down into the bowels of Grunwald Castle. We always seem to be going down together. Yes, it is one of our favourite activities, it seems. 
Do you know why I enjoy it so much? Why is that, Challenger? Revive, bab, 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 bab. Yes, quite. Fortunately, this passage downwards wasn't a long one, and it was only a short thrust before we reached the bottom. Ahead of us were cell doors draped in cobwebs, a sinister sight. I took a look inside the closest cell, hoping not to see a skeleton. Fortunately, there wasn't. But the cell next to it was quite interesting. Look, Challenger, all of these cells are covered in cobwebs except this one. Yes, good spot, Peregrine. It looks like this cell has been in constant use, but it is empty. Maybe they just like keeping this particular cell clean. Who do you mean by they, Peregrine? I haven't been down here yet. You must have noticed by now that I have been impersonating the butler, and that there are no other staff in this entire castle. Yes, that is rather peculiar, isn't it? Hadn't you considered sneaking down here one night while Lady Malou was asleep? Down here? On my own? Don't be ridiculous, Peregrine! Are you... are you scared? We are in a haunted castle in the wilds of Scotland, Peregrine. I'm not going into a dungeon on my own. Go on, say it. I shan't. Go on, I know you want to say it. You missed me, didn't you? Like a particularly painful pimple. Anyway, let's have a look at this cell. He focused the torchlight on the brick wall at the back of the empty cell. All of the bricks were worn and old, some scarred with clawed marks and fingernails of the poor occupants who had been resident in this gloomy tomb. All of the bricks, however, except one. Look, that brick is set slightly ahead of the other. Yes, it is, isn't it? I wonder what would happen if I pressed it. With a low rumble, the wall began to fall away, dropping into the floor of the cell. What are you doing? Now you know how it feels. Oh, be quiet. With a low rumble, the wall began to fall away, dropping into the floor of the cell and revealing behind it... A secret chamber! It looks like a study. There are bookcases against every wall. Yes, I wonder if the letters from von Heimlich are in the drawers of the writing desk in the middle of the room. He dashed over to the desk and began rifling through the drawers. Meanwhile, I had a quick browse of the bookcase. Lots of books about Iceland here, Challenger. And look, on this wall, a map of something called... Snaefeldjokel. Looks like a mountain. It's a mountain on the western coast of Iceland. Come and help me look. I wonder why there's a map of Iceland here. Isn't it cold enough in Scotland? <laughs> I, I, I can't find the letters. Oh, they must be somewhere. Let me look. He had emptied the drawers onto the floor. Papers had been tossed everywhere. Challenger was sitting at the writing desk, his enormous head in his very large hands. Are you all right? I want my hair back, Peregrine. Don't worry, old chap. I'm sure we'll find one. I am nothing without my power-giving pubic hair. I patted him on the back. There, there. Don't patronize me, Peregrine. Now. Something caught his eye on the bookcase. That book there. It's by Heinrich von Heimlich. I'm sure we can borrow it if you'd like. No, you dim Whittington. He hasn't written a book. He sprang to his feet and raced over to the bookcase, reaching for it. It's stuck. Stuck in the shelf. Pull it harder, then. No, it's attached to the shelf. Look! He pulled harder on the book, and a section of the bookcase swung open, revealing a secret hiding place, wherein were hidden... The letters! Finally! Let me see. There is a map of Bavaria here, 
and a marker near a huge lake in the mountains. He's written coordinates for his base and a guide to nice pubs and hotels along the way. That's good of him. Indeed. To be fair to the man, there are actually some good recommendations here, despite the fact that he is German. Off to Bavaria, then. It seems so. I suspect von Heimlich is seeking the elusive fountain of you. Grab that map and keep it in your pocket. It may come in handy later. I'm not excellent at reading German, but I can see that this clearly notes the safe entry point to a volcano in Iceland and is signed as having been drawn up by Otto Liedenbrock. Gosh, that sounds important. It probably is. Come on. I will be glad to get away from Scotland, Challenger. I can't say I like the Scots very much. I've always found them to be a silly people, what with their skipping jigs and general lack of manners. I can't believe I fell for your disguise. I mean, your accent was awful. You realise that I actually am Scottish? Are you? You don't sound Scottish. Shut up, Peregrine. I'll concede that I'm more like my old rival Rodrigo Chico Malo than my good friend Sherlock Holmes when it comes to effective disguises. But Jock McTaggart seemed to do the trick. You don't think we were really visited by Edward Malone, do you? I mean, surely you of all people don't believe in all that spiritual tosh. The subject of psychical research is one in which I have been slower to form an opinion than upon any other subject, Peregrine. It seemed that I had opened a veritable can of words, rather than worms, as Challenger ranted about his firm belief in the spiritual world. I now appreciate that the psychic revelation is of the utmost importance and have hurled myself against the obstinacy of our time. Professor? Despite occasional fraud and wild imaginings, there is a solid core in the spiritual movement. Professor? Are we to satisfy ourselves by observing phenomena with no attention to what the phenomena mean, like a group of savages staring at a wireless installation? Professor! What? What is that sound? We were frozen to the spot. A terrible, wailing moan echoed through the chamber. It sounds like it is coming from the dungeon. Let's go. Do you think it's a... a... ghost? We have just established that I believe in the spiritual world. So, possibly, Peregrine. Oh, crumbs. We crept out of the subterfuge study and back into the dungeon, the wall sliding closed behind us. Challenger had thrust a pile of letters into his pockets and marched towards the passageway back to the house. Come on, Peregrine. I'm bored now. That sound. It's coming from one of the cells. Doubtful. Look. He pointed his torch at the cells. Nothing in there. Or there. Or... Oh, my goodness. I was very surprised when the torchlight cut through the murk to reveal the sour face of Lady Milieu tied up and gagged at the back of the cell. She looked haggard, but a full plate of roast dinner suggested she had been well looked after. My tummy rumbled. Good lord, it's Lady Milieu. Do you think she'd mind if I had some of her roast dinner? How on earth did she get down here? We definitely left her asleep upstairs, didn't we? Should we untie her? Just remove the gag. I did so. You're the devil, you two. Are you working with that lunatic upstairs? There is no need for name-calling, Lady Milieu. I have been an exceptional butler. Oh, 
are you? My name is Professor George Edward Challenger. Challenger? What assumes Heinrich has sent you to rescue me? Rescue you? What do you mean? I've been trapped down here for months. An awful American woman turned up at one's door one day, asking to look at the tapestries. And before one knew it, one was trapped down here. That rotten woman has been wearing one's clothes ever since. Well, I hope we don't suffer the same fate as you, and that someone doesn't lock us in the dungeon. My... my joke? How did you know about the joke I was told by the American and his red-eyed companion on the train? Not only had the brute stolen my line, but this was a rather alarming turn of events. What American man with the red-eyed companion? Who are you talking to? He does this a lot. But wait a moment. If you are milieu, then who is... Stop right there, you two. Lady Milieu, or rather, the other Lady Milieu, was stood at the bottom of the stairs, pointing a gun at us. Step away from the old woman, Challenger. Well, well, two Lady Milieus. But which one is the real one? <sighs> that one, you idiot. So who are you? Daisy McFarlane, American OSS. You're getting in the way of an American operation here, Challenger. Is that so? Mm, it is. And it was all going fine until that idiot showed up this afternoon. Yes, well, Peregrine is a bit like that, you see. Popping up at inopportune moments. Hang on a moment. Oh, I should never have gone along with this stupid idea of yours for that seance. It was all very convincing. Especially the bit where we were visited by my old colleague from the Gazette, Edward Malone. Who? Never mind. Oh, so you're not really Scottish then, Challenger. Well, actually... I am Scottish. Oh, really? Your accent was terrible. Now, step away from Lady Milieu. Catchy, isn't it? Oh, shut up, Challenger. Now, we have to figure out what to do with this mess. Well, I mean, we can leave you to it if you like. We have what we came for, and now that we know where this mind-trick Tom Vineleaf is, we'll be on our way. Who? Heinrich von Heimlich! Exactly. What do you want von Heimlich for? Because, madam... He has stolen all of my hair! And? He is building a machine capable of disintegrating the entire world, I think. And you know where he is? Well, yes, I do now. Didn't you look in the secret study? Oh, uh, no. Well, that is your problem, not mine. I've been sitting here for months waiting for him to show up. <laughs> I'm coming with you. I'm sorry. We don't take women with us on our adventures. Not after what happened last time. Suddenly, the doppelganger Milieu pulled her face off. Beneath that vinegar-faced mask, she was a beauty, with bright blue eyes and a cloud of silky dark hair. I was entranced. Oh, I don't know, Challenger. No harm in her coming with us. Philip Peregrine. Charmed, I'm sure. Don't, don't start, start that, that again. again. Very good. You really are an utter Duppington, Peregrine. Now look here, whatever your name is, this isn't negotiable. What was that? A shockwave rocked the entire dungeon. I looked to Challenger urgently. What do you think that was? It sounded like an explosion. There's a I don't think we have time for discussion. Let's get out of here. What about me? We rushed up the stairs and out of the dungeon. 
leaving the real Lady Milieu behind. As we burst out into the hall, we discovered that everything was a little bit on fire. Goodness me, the entire dining room is engulfed in flames. The kitchen has been consumed by the inferno. The billiards room is being immolated. We'd better get out of here. This whole place is under attack. With a roar, a rocket came tearing down at us from the sky, blowing up most of the upstairs bedrooms and a sizable portion of the conservatory. Debris rained down on us, and Challenger and McFarlane both dragged me outside. Come on, Peregrine! We emerged out onto the wide driveway of the castle. Behind us, the grand house was skeletal, warped, decimated by hellfire, being rained down on us by Zeppelin. What on earth is it doing here? Ah, Professor Challenger. I had a feeling you would still be alive against all the odds. Von Heimlich, you bastard. It seems that you have fallen into my trap. I was using Lady Milieu to lure you here, ready to kill you for the last time. That's very convoluted. Yeah, undastardly as well. Prepare to die, Challenger. <laughs> Run! To the roll! Bullets chewed up the ground around us as we hurried to the car, weaving in and out of rose bushes. Another rocket tore apart a nice fountain I had seen on the way in. It was really nice. We reached the Rolls Royce. Hurry, get in! Step on it, George. Professor. Professor. He did so, and we were off, racing down the driveway as bullets pinged off the gorgeous maroon paintwork. The Zeppelin swung out, its cylinder cast in the ghastly amber of the firestorm that had left behind. It was bearing down on us. It's bearing down on us. Try and lose it in the forest. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I think I should try and lose them in the forest. He swung the car off the road and we plunged into the deep thicket, branches snapping at it as they cracked the windows. The searchlights of the Zeppelin traced the forest and cast long shadows of the trees as we swung wildly along, Challenger managing to avoid the massive, ancient stumps by mere millimetres. We clung on for dear life. His driving had not improved. I heard that. Hold on! The trees in front of us erupted. Launching into the night sky, their stumps wrenched free of the scorched earth. A rogue branch smashed across the headlights, plunging us into darkness. I felt my stomach twist as the car took flight, and we lurched heavily into the darkness. As my vision blurred to nothingness, I could only wonder, was this one too close an encounter? Professor Challenger at the Precipice of Oblivion starred Robert Durbin as Philip Peregrine, Darren Friedrich-Jones as Professor Challenger, Tim Atkinson as Carruthers, Alex Mann as Heinrich von Heimlich, and Laura Phillips as Daisy McFarlane. You've been listening to an anthology production written and directed by Robert Thomas and Darren Freebury-Jones.